You're listening to the Morning Joe Ranch Show, a podcast by the average Joe for the average Joe. This is my worldly Cliff Notes advice of everything I had to learn the hard way. So I decided to kind of change my podcast uh, format kind of up a little bit. It's still going to get a little ranty, but not. I don't want to do it right away. I kind of want to do it towards the end. And um, I kind of want to start taking a direction in this, like after the last few with like providing sources and like actually digging deep. It's made me see my own personal bias on things and that sometimes if I'm going to call people out on stuff, I need to kind of check myself. So at least for the next few podcasts, I'm going to kind of be doing it this way. Uh, And this episode is going to be about the real truths about Amazon and Jeff Bezos's wealth. And I'm just going to start saying this right now ahead of time. I'm not an anti-capitalist. I'm not an anti-socialist. I'm not an anti-communist. I mean, I am anti-communism, but I'm saying it like this isn't to force anybody into thinking that they shouldn't they shouldn't believe in capitalism or they shouldn't believe in socialism or, you know, I think there's good things from all aspects of life. And uh, I'm going to do a future podcast. There's probably going to be the next one, maybe on true capitalism and what I've kind of learned from doing the research on it and stuff like that. But this one's more about Amazon and Jeff Bezos's wealth and how I kind of view it. And most people that know me know I don't like Amazon. I, I just, it's one of those things. It's again, we, we don't in America. It's a, to me personally, it's like a corporatocracy. Like these people run the country because of money. And it's not necessarily any more about money. It's about power, which is kind of what we're seeing now with politics and stuff like that. Um, anyway, I'm going to get into it. A lot of this stuff that's written, I've, I've got, I've got like 10 to 12 sources that I'm going to be including in this too, just so people want to look at the stuff they can see stuff you can form your own opinion on this i don't want to sway you either way this is just uh i'm going to lay out the facts first and then i'm going to put out my opinion at the end and a lot of the like articles i got this from like i'm not claiming i wrote half this like this is a lot of stuff put, pulled straight from from news articles and sources and stuff like that that um, I thought were very important and I'm not a great writer. So for me, it was just putting it down and so I could reread it back. All right, well, I'm going to get started on this. So I decided to do this podcast on Amazon's expansion and some of the controversies that followed, including reports of hazardous working conditions at its warehouses, accusations that Amazon is a tax avoiding monopoly that kills brick and mortar stores, and that Amazon is wielding unregulated power in areas ranging from Washington, D.C., lobbying to law enforcement technology, Amazon's enterprises, including artificial intelligence devices that may be spying on us or opening us up to hackers. These have been issues brought up with them, and I really wanted to learn more and share what I've found. How Amazon Breaks Down Amazon divides its business into three segments, North America uh, America, International and AWS. Amazon's North America segment dominates its net sales. North America was Amazon's fastest growing sector for the quarter Q2 of 2020. International is one of Amazon's segments that has not thrived in recent years. 
The international business segment consists of Amazon's retail business for consumer products and subscriptions for internationally focused online stores. It also includes export sales from those stores, but not those from North America focused online stores. Amazon, Amazon has lost money in each of the last three years in its international segment. Amazon Web Services, AWS, launched in 2006, provides services to businesses, government agencies, and academic institutions to store information and deliver content. Amazon says AWS provides an infrastructure platform in the cloud for a variety of solutions, such as hosting applications and websites providing enterprise IT and content delivery. Jeff Bezos's Salary and Wealth Jeff Bezos' annual salary is $81,840, and almost all of his wealth comes from his Amazon shares. Bezos owns about 81 million shares of Amazon stock, or about 17%. The New York Times reported this back in 2017. That may have changed since his divorce. Uh, I don't remember. I know she got, his his ex-wife got, like, I think it was like 20 or 25% of shares. I don't know if that's the current numbers. Either way, it's ungodly amount of shares. Uh, if you multiply with that the current stock price of Amazon, which is at the current date $3,116.22, you will get his net worth. And this is how he makes money, through the rising stocks of Amazon. How does Amazon profit? Per a Vox.com article, Amazon skeptics have long repeated a narrative about the e-commerce behemoth now worth $1.5 trillion, that it doesn't make money, that its razor-thin margins meant to crush competitors and unsustainable, are unsustainable, and that is the business model will surely eventually fail. But the idea that Amazon's relatively low profits means it's failing at business is not strictly true, at least not anymore. These small profit margins are one of the secrets to the company's success. Amazon internationally, uh, in, I'm sorry, Amazon intentionally posts low profits because it takes the vast majority of the money it earns and invests it right back into the company so that it will profit all the more in the future. Its business model, once reviled on Wall Street, has spurred numerous other companies like Uber and WeWork to emulate Amazon and forego profits for the sake of growth, though many of these companies haven't really proved that they could ever be profitable. Generally, most people have the same responses every quarter. Amazon is failing. Amazon is winning. But they forget free cash flow. That's much more important than revenue and profit. Here's what that all means. Think of revenue as Amazon's cut of third-party sales or total of your Amazon shopping cart. If you're purchasing Amazon products, these includes, this includes sales of, of products and services, including when Amazon ships goods for third parties. Amazon collects that money but doesn't keep most of it. Profit is how much of those total sales in a given quarter Amazon actually gets to keep after it accounts for the cost of selling those items. The items themselves, shipping, package thefts, marketing, keeping the lights on, profit, is calculated assuming that everything is purchased and paid for in that one quarter. Uh, free cash flow. Free cash flow is a bit like profit, except it doesn't assume that Amazon has to pay for everything in the same time frame it sells it. And thanks to how Amazon's payment cycle works, it usually gets money for selling an item long before it has to pay for that item. For example, it takes Walmart on average nearly three days to receive payment for goods after it's paid its suppliers. 
while Amazon on average receives payments about 18 days before it paid its suppliers. According to the latest available cash conversion cycle data from the financial research platform, Centio. Taxes. I think this is a big one that gets kind of um, misconstrued, so I'm going to, I have a section on this. Taxes. Amazon's international investments also keep its tax bill down, saving the company money. While we don't know exactly what Amazon pays in taxes, various estimates suggest its rate is low due to in part to its huge investment in its business, research and development. What we do, what we do now, uh, what we do know is that it tax, its taxes have provided plenty of fodder for presidential candidates like Joe Biden, who's mentioned it on his campaign and on Twitter, Elizabeth Warren, who included the company as an example in her new tax corporate proposal, and even President Donald Trump has also been critical of the company for not paying enough in taxes. So the tax thing, again, everybody wants to say Jeff Bezos doesn't pay taxes. Technically, he does with his salary. He only takes an $81,000 salary, but the company itself has so many write-offs because of research and development tax, like, call it tax loopholes and stuff like that. Um, I'm going to get into all that stuff for my own opinion on it, but just so everybody's aware of that, that that's how the tax system works for them. Okay, antitrust. The company was facing an antitrust investigation concerning its use of data to launch products that directly compete with third-party sellers. This all means lawmakers are trying to figure out whether the companies have used anti uh, anti-competitive business practices designed to stifle smaller competitors and to maintain a monopoly of the markets. Amazon has been accused of competing with its sellers, taking some of the most popular products and making its own private label brands called Amazon Basics, pricing them cheaper and advertising next to competitors. When Representative Pramilia Japal, a Democrat from Washington, asked Bezos, does Amazon ever access and use seller data when making business decisions? Bezos responded, I can't guarantee you that the policy has never been violated. We continue to look into that very carefully. I'm not yet satisfied that we've gotten to the bottom of it, and we're going to keep looking at it. It's not as easy to do as you would think because some of the sources in the article are anonymous. Before the journal's report came out, Amazon had told Congress that it doesn't access sales data to help guide the launch of its own products, which... I'm, this is just a side note. I sell I sell apparel shirts on Amazon. I design things and then I sell them on Amazon. And I use other seller stores too, like Etsy and eBay and stuff, and my own personal website. And I have had experience with this where my design got not it didn't get stolen, but it was it was basically they took my design, they redid it, and they put it up there. Now, sure, I mean. You could, I mean, you could do that. Um, it's like recopying a song, but just taking it and modifying it a little bit differently. So that like kind of like Vanilla Ice did with um, Queens um, um, under pressure. Like, sure, you can do that, but it's still creative integrity. Like you're kind of stealing that and you, you, they can promote it basically, which kicked my sales way down. Like my, my sales dropped. So personal experience with it kind of made me feel like, you know, I don't know. So anyway, uh, let's keep reading. So we're still on the antitrust. Okay, we're out of antitrust. We're into workers' environment. 
I can't even begin to list the stories from former and current employees. I would suggest Googling working conditions at Amazon to read some of the stories. Everything from long hours, physical labor, fears about taking time off, workplace injuries, all the way to peeing in bottles with lack of breaks. It was at this point in my research that I realized it's pretty terrible in America that some of the largest companies have some of the worst track records when it comes to employee happiness. Like I said, I tried my best to report the facts on this, but there was just so much to put in. And you may have a different opinion than me, but I... I just don't believe in 2020 America we are actually arguing over better working conditions when we are supposed to be, in quotes, the greatest country in the world. Add on top of this, back back in 2018, when Amazon made a big splash with its $15 an hour minimum wage announcement, but then lost it in the fine print with existing warehouse workers will no longer receive stock in the company or collect bonuses. And the last thing, Amazon Amazon patented a wristband that tracks warehouse workers' movements. The bracelet, which can vibrate to, to point an employee's hand in the right direction, is further increasing surveillance of the work environment. I had no idea they did that until, like, I started researching this stuff. And it, it's crazy. Okay, other points of controversy. Amazon Web Services' facial recognition technology, recognition, that's the name of it, has come under fire by the ACLU, researchers, even its own employees have said. Amazon sells it, uh, Amazon sells it to law enforcement agencies. Protesters want Amazon to stop those sales over concerns that its error rates with minorities are too high and could misidentify people of color, uh, a charge Amazon denies. So there's law enforcement, uh, they're selling it to law enforcement agencies and protesters are saying, you need to stop using this because it can cause, the, the, you know, misidentifying people, especially in minorities and stuff. I didn't do too much research into that side, so I'm not going to lie about that. But either way, the, again, I'm going to get into my own opinion after all this stuff. But uh, my next uh, point of controversy, Amazon is among the tech companies involved in crafting government regulations that would regulate facial recognition technology along with Microsoft and Google. And this next one, so this is going to tie in everything I just said. Okay, one, this controversy is huge for me. Most recently, Amazon added former NSA Cyber Command Chief of its Board of Directors. Keith Alexander is the former National Security Agency Chief and Head of U.S. Cyber Command. Yes, the one Edward Snowden exposed. It was under Alexander that former NSA contractor Edward Snowden leaked classified documents in June 2013, revealing the work of the agency's spying and data collection programs. Upon hearing news, Snowden took to Twitter, writing, It turns out, Hey Alexa is short for Hey Keith Alexander. Yes, the, key, the Keith Alexander personally responsible for the unlawful, awful, the unlawful mass surveillance programs that caused the global scandal. Amazon said that along with the 11-member board, Alexander will also join Amazon's four-member audit committee. His tenure with the NSA was described in a 2013 Wired profile as one where he turned the agency into a, quote, an empire, end quote, of surveillance. So conclusion, here's my opinion. I did like hours of research on this shit because I really wanted to have detailed information i wanted people to understand that like why i have such a hatred for amazon and so i'm going to read my conclusion all right 
Even if Bezos is right and Amazon only rarely abuses its position over its own sellers, current and former employees, the complaints shared during the antitrust hearing, and the various protests and conflicts, it shows that the company has grown so big and powerful that even abuses of neglect have the power to crush the small businesses and employees that power Amazon's success. My argument has always been accountability. Amazon states it wants to be net zero carbon emissions by 2040, which is such horseshit. In order to get to that point, you are producing carbon to build all the electric vehicles, tires, solar panels, wind turbines, and all the infrastructure. It's a joke for them to say that in order to get net zero, we need to completely stop. Or it's a joke, sorry. It's a joke. In order for, uh, in order for us to go to net zero, we need to completely stop the industrial uh, revolution complex. Not today, but decades ago. It bothers me when massive corporations like Amazon try to make it sound like they are doing everything to better the world when it doesn't even come down to money anymore, but power. Amazon states it treats its employees well, but when we see over 3,000 workers protesting for change at their, at their facilities, nothing happens except everyone's uh, reliance and ease with Amazon. But I can order anything I want and have it delivered in an hour. It scares me to hear people say, but I have nothing to hide. When it comes to big data collection, Alexa, Amazon delivery, and the destruction of privacy over convenience in general. This isn't just an Amazon problem, but they are, they are one of the big players. They, they were pivotal in destroying retail, which is a problem when it comes to the local mom and pop shops, especially grocery. You know, there is such thing about growing your own food or learning how to. It really makes you understand the environment, climate, weather, and appreciation for how to grow food. People ask me all the time what I suggest we should do. My only solution is to really fight as my only solution is to really fight back. I haven't used Amazon in quite a while, and that's honest. I haven't used it in months. Unless it is something I can't find anywhere, which is highly unlikely, then I go through other forms of finding it, especially groceries. A lot of sellers will tell you they have personal sites they sell through. Like I do. My apparel site, I have an apparel site that I sell through. But I, I can't, like, you can search for stuff, but that's what makes Amazon here. They usually just use Amazon because most consumers search through to find products. So once you find what you're looking for to do a quick Google search with the exact title, brand, and any details, nine times out of ten you will find that product and the seller will make more money off that. And I that is absolutely true. I make more money off my personal website than I do off Amazon. Um, and I... I I really, like I said, this isn't to say like you have to agree with exactly what I say or what I'm, you know, you can have a different opinion. You can use Amazon all you want. My only thing is it's, it's again, accountability. Then hold accountability for when, when Walmarts, you know, same thing happened with Walmarts and Walgreens. Real quick story. I have a friend that owned a grocery store. Um, he was probably about a little over an hour south of, of Chicago probably a little long, further than that. So he was in really rural Illinois, Southern Illinois. He had a grocery store with his family. Um, he was older than I was too. I, he was a music buddy. Um, anyway, he was telling me how Walmart, this was 2005, 2000. So it was probably about 15 years ago when Walmarts and Walgreens were coming on every corner. And he said that Walmart came in, bought up land near his uh, grocery store. They had an, uh, they had a, a meeting with him and said basically like listen we can either buy you out right now or we could just put you out of business 
And they gave him a really low ball offer. I think it was under a million dollars. And he was at, like, they were, they were one of the only grocery stores in the area at the point, at the time, the guy that I knew. And, um, they, he basically had to take their low balls, their, their low ball offer because he knew he wouldn't be able to withstand doing it and keeping his prices and keeping his people because he knows everybody would go to Walmart. So when it comes to like this takeover of mom and pop shops, I laugh when I hear people say, but capitalism, but capitalism, it's like we have corporatocracy and this is part of the problem. When Amazon came in, I remember being in college at the time because uh, right, right on the, I was right outside, like going to be graduating from high school. And I had siblings that were going into college. And I remember college books were ridiculously, they still are, I think, ridiculously expensive. And Amazon made it a little bit easier to buy. Well, they were originally only a bookstore, but they took out all the mom and pop bookstores, all the CD stores. And I'm not saying it's not a bad thing with the retail apocalypse type thing happening like that. Because it's, again, it's just overconsumption. We don't produce shit. We just consume but it's the fact that Amazon took out so many mom and pop shops when it comes to grocery stores, local retail shops like clothing stores. Um, and I'm not one for being like the gap and, you know, journey. But I mean, like, legit, like there were good secondhand clothing stores that did really good and got taken out, you know, and bookstores in general. I loved bookstores going in um, when, I, you know, especially as I got as I got older, you know, it was one of those things anyway. This isn't to say that that social, you know, socialism or capitalism, because in all honesty, when I go into the capitalist uh, podcast one, I think it'll turn a lot of people's heads to realize, like, we don't have a real capitalistic society. And if we did, it'd be very, very not good. Um, and that that took a lot for me to read and see my bias in it all and to see what people said, because there's so many people that call that stuff. And it's like, yeah, we don't really have capitalism like we really don't. If you want true form capitalism, it's scary. So anyway, this is my take on Amazon. You could take it for what it is. I highly suggest looking up. I included a few articles that had uh, one of them was nine stories from uh, different employees of Amazon. And anybody's like, that's bullshit. You know, these could just be made up. It's like, well, we all worked for a company. I worked for major corporations. Let me tell you, it was shitty. So, you know, take it for what it is. Anyway, I hope you all enjoyed this, and I hope you guys learned something from it. You'll have a good one. This week's podcast was brought to you by ConnectGo Internet, Inc., bringing your business to the future, connectgo.com.